You're listening to From Here with Delia and Dawn. Hey, Delia, how you doing? I'm here. Yeah, it's been, I think, a really rough couple weeks um, for me. Um, and I know that uh, you and I talked a little bit about what to do for this episode. And um, so for our listeners, um, it's a couple weeks after the killing of George Floyd. And we've been, Delia and I have been thinking about um, the impact of that a lot in our own context, you know, with our children, in our communities, and our schools. And um, we've also been talking about what would be an appropriate podcast episode to do. So Delia and I decided uh, that we were going to do a, uh, we're going to spend this session talking about how um, how things have been going for the past couple of weeks for us, but also resources and uh, resources that have been helpful and also conversations, things that we've been doing uh, with our children, our family, our friends, our community members. It's our hope that this episode gives you all our listeners, a sense of how we've been grappling with the past two weeks um, and how we've been actively addressing calls for change, calls for greater anti-racist work around thinking about and addressing anti-Blackness in our own Asian American and Pacific Islander communities. And we hope that uh, this episode um, provide you with some good resources, but also gives you a sense of, um, you know, just some ideas of how to approach these conversations with those close to us. So I'm so Ooh. glad to be able to have this conversation with you, Delia. Right? I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. And I think it's important. I think, you know, for me, like the part about sharing resources, I think is really important because I think it's so easy just to get stuck in the feeling of it um, and wanting to figure out, okay, I don't want to have another like processing conversation right now, but it's sort of about, okay, what are the things that you're doing? What are the things that we can learn from each other, like moving forward a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know we talked about it a little bit, but um, what it, what has it been like talking to your kids about what's been happening the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the with my daughter who's 15, you know, she read about it in the news and hears about it over social media. So it's been sort of an ongoing conversation with her. Um, with my little ones, you know, seven and five, um, it's harder, you know, and... I started a conversation with my with my seven and five year old at, at breakfast one day, and you know my seven year old got really stuck, you know, trying to think about you know okay so there's police you know there's black people, there's white police officers, and he was just really kind of like he couldn't figure it out you know he was just like but how can there be black police officers. Mm. 
mm. you know, and, you know, cause we were talking about, you know, the George Floyd incident case and, you know, he just got really stuck there, you know, which really kind of reminded me like, you know, where they are developmentally sometimes like it's hard to kind of, you know, they're, they're literally often seeing the world, you know, in a very, very polar way, you know, people are good or bad, or, you know, this is, you know, I like this food or I don't like this food. Um, and so we really had to kind of wrestle with that, you know, and for me to say like, you know, yeah, and there's also Asian American police officers and, you know, police officers who believe in, you know, social justice issues the way we see them and police officers who don't. And I mean, just that there's so many shades, I think was a really hard conversation for him to kind of wrap his head around. Cause I think he wanted, you know, mm-hmm. all these people to be good and all these people to be bad and this is right and this is wrong. And it's so complicated. Um, so that was sort of hard to sit in and kind of talk through with him. Um, but it's been, I guess it just sort of feels like draining for me too, you know, as I'm taking in this information and then trying to figure out, you know, how to have, you know, a good conversation with my kids. Um, yeah. So I think it's been important for me to like talk to other parents too and just kind of see where they're at or how things are going with them um yeah but it just feels it just feels like so much you know yeah have the have the conversations been slightly different with each of each of your kids I mean in a way where you know maybe they're they're trying to understand different aspects of what's going on yeah um (laughs) I tried to um I thought, you know, with like my seven-year-old, I could like start to talk about, you know, the structural racism, like in addition to just, you know, like the interpersonal racism. Um, and my my five-year-old was like kind of like around too. And I started saying, you know, but there's like some racism that's not like people to people. Um, and my five-year-old is kind of like overhearing us and he was just like, is it about robots? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and I was just sort of like, oh, n- no, no, it doesn't really have to do with robots. It's more about the way that, you know, laws and like bigger pieces of our community affect people. And he was just sort of like, oh, like, oh, I, th- I, w- I was thinking robots, you know. <laughs> um, so it's. Yeah, I mean, I think finding like the right sort of analogies at all these different stages to talk mm-hmm. about things has been been challenging because they're all sort of around me all the time. And um, my seven year old overheard us talking with my um, with my fifteen year old about books that she's going to be reading over the summer, um, and one of them is uh, Michelle Alexander's uh, "The New Jim Crow," uh-huh. and great, so my seven year old. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing book. I'm glad it's on her summer reading list. And my seven-year-old, you know, during bath time, that's his, like, talking to me time. He was just like, what's the what's the new Jimmy Crow? <laughs> <You know? laughs> he, he always says Jimmy Crow. He can't say Jim Crow. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, like, brushing his teeth. And I'm trying to talk to him about, you know, Michelle Alexander's book. And, <laughs> you know, he's just, you know, he's like, so there's different kinds of crime. And I'm like, yeah, well, there's sort of, you know, it's like, what, like, how do you explain a felony to a seven year old at bath time when he's brushing his teeth? I don't know, you know, so it's like, those kinds of things are hard. 
It's like, yeah. and you never know. I mean, I can't, yeah. I mean, like having three different types of conversations um, because your kids are, you know, three different ages. I mean, I just have an 11 year old and um, I can't even imagine that, you know, because um, with my 11 year old, I've been talking to him about these issues for as long as, you know, ever, forever. I mean, unfortunately, right. And, um, and it happened and I had to think about this one Mm -hmm. because I had talked to him about many of the other, I mean, many, many of the other cases and the deaths and the murders. Right. I even talked to him about, we had a really good conversation when he was much younger about Peter Liang, the mm. police officer in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And but this time, I actually spent some time thinking about if I should show him a picture because he's never seen a picture of mm. a police officer who mm-hmm. um, perpetrated a a killing, right? Mm-hmm. And I went back and forth a little bit on it. And I think I, I, I finally came to the decision that I wouldn't because um, the picture itself can be really traumatizing. Right. Mm-hmm. I felt at 11, the picture of the police officer, most of the, you know, that picture, the picture of the Asian police officer mm-hmm. who um, was there and did nothing when George Floyd was killed right, also has George Floyd on the ground in the background with the other right. white police officer. And I said, you know what, I just decided um, I'm not going to do that. I I can't, I can't, you know, do that. Um, but instead, I just, you know, talked to him again. And he's still, you know, I think he's still really trying to understand why these things happen, even at 11. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets it because we've talked mm-hmm. about it, right? And I've talked to him about, right. you know you know, incarceration and, you know, police and all that. And it, it's, um, he, I mean, at the end of the day, his question is always like, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, why, you know? And I think that's been the hardest part because it's like, yeah. you know, it's very difficult to explain. I mean, he gets what, systemic racism is institutionalized mm-hmm. oppression he gets that in theory right right yeah it's 11 year old you know brain but yeah so what what have have there been what resources right have you turned to i mean i heard you say you know you're talking to your friends right because mm-hmm. i mean like i have i have some folks I've been talked to as well, you know, trying to figure out how do we help our kids understand what's going on. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that I've just found like a lot of inspiration and just sort of, um, you know, just sort of good resources through um, is a Instagram page called the conscious kid. Mm -hmm. Um, They have like a Patreon as well. Um, And on there, you know, they share a lot of um, articles and, you know, resources. And I think, you know, for me, I think because most, a lot of the articles that they're sharing are sort of um, grounded in like social science research and these things, like it just helps give me 
like, I guess it just, it feels, it feels like it fits for me, you know, like getting some like, you know, research around, you know, what do what white, you know, quote unquote, anti-racist parents like do and how do they Mm -hmm. act? Um, You know, those things I think are really helpful just for me to think about these things for myself. Um, And I think they're, I think one of the book lists that they shared in terms of like, you know, books to, you know, spark conversations about race with younger kids, you know, I I thought their list was, you know, one of the better ones just in terms of the breadth and the different kinds of books represented. Um, So I think that's one thing that's been really helpful for me, um, just in terms of gathering information. I'm looking at their, I'm scrolling through their Instagram right now. (laughs) It's good. Mm -hmm. Um, But what have you been like turning to for for resources, for talking to kids? You know, um, I... I recently got into um, a couple of Facebook conversations with friends and I don't know why I never, you know, figured this out before, but there's a whole bunch of us who have kids are about to be sixth graders, you know, enough where we're like, you know, wow, you know, we should, we should do something with our kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And so one of the parents um, actually uh, mentioned that they had a list of uh, books, um, that was from this website um, called Social Justice Books, a teaching for change project. And so on that uh, website, they have a list of young readers editions, right? So these are books that, um, that have been, you know, released, but they're, they're versions of them for young readers, right? So for, for example, Mm. on this list is, um, so Jose Antonio Vargas's Dear America, you know, the story of an mm-hmm. undocumented citizen. There's a young reader's edition on there. I see, cool. Right? And then there's also um, Hidden Figures, a young reader's edition. Also, mm-hmm. one of my favorite books of all time. I teach this book, actually, to my students. Um, Lies My Teacher Told Me. Um, there's all this. This is really interesting because this is not um, a young reader's. Well, it it is a young reader's edition that's on this list, but it's kind of like how young, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been. I was talking with a friend who's like, "What age should we have our kids read Lies My Teacher Told Me?" This is an actual <laughs> conversation I've had with other yeah. parents, and because it's such a fantastic book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I went the route of like creating more work for my kid. You know, <laughs> I swear I'm not Tiger. Okay. So, so a whole bunch of us, you know, we're talking about, all right, we're going to order, you know, some books from the, from this website and we're going to create a summer reading list. I swear I am not Tiger. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to put together a summer reading list. We're going to order it. We're going to pick up, you know, a whole bunch of books. And then at some point we're talking about like getting our kids together to talk about the book. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, creating more work for my kid. That's how I've been addressing some of these issues, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, you're not like, you're not like drilling times tables into his head, you know, it's like, this is, this is like the good work, you know, not right tedious work. I mean, it's tedious in different ways, but it's not memorizing yeah. times tables. So yeah, I, I wore- think I approve. <laughs> I, I, I warned him already yesterday. I was like, hey, so I'm putting together a summer reading list for you. Um, and, you know, someone order some books and uh, we're going to, you know, you'll have you'll have a choice. But I am creating your summer reading list. And he looked at me like, OK, mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's okay. I bri- I bribed my daughter. I said, if you are reading books from the summer reading list, that means you don't have to hang out with your brothers. Oh. And she's like, oh, okay, great. I will read them all. Give me the book. Give me the book. <laughs> but add some more, slide some more in there too. So, yeah. Uh, so, so what have your conversations with um, your friends or other grownups been like? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's like, it's so hard on some level because like with the parents, like in my school community, like I have been trying to have this conversation for so long. Anyways, you know, like, it's, like it's, <laughs> you know, and so it's just sort of like, okay, now you want to know, you have the conversation about how do we talk to our kids about race? Because I've been like saying we need to do this and it's kind of like, eh, okay, well, can't we just have like a potluck? And it's like, no, we're not having a potluck. I'm not planning a potluck. We're going to talk about race. And um, So I think it's been really important just to find like allies and like people who are like-minded. Um, so I think that part, has been really just helpful, especially because like school isn't happening. Right. So you don't even just kind of, you don't get to talk to people in the same way and just kind of like see who's as upset as you are. Like, and I think that part was what was hardest for me, you know, that there was just no way to gain that sort of sense of like support or like other people feeling like how you're feeling. Um, so, you know, we did, you know, organize like a, a, um, a Zoom conversation around like how do you talk to your kids about race, um, which I was trying to be like really like hopeful for. Um, Wait, this is, a convers- sort of- this is a conversation with your friends that you organized, or oh, with um, no, like some friend like friends, and then we organized it like for the school oh, community. Oh, I see. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I mean, I think that was helpful but also you know just like okay there's a lot of a lot of work to be done but I think in that you know just hearing that like people are just really looking like to learn um which I think you know was really good to hear so and what what was the what was the people I'm sorry I can't even put together (laughs) right now Uh, the folks who showed up right yeah where where were they coming from? Like, cause you're you're in a community where there are a lot of white folks. Yeah, it's predominantly white. Um, I feel like it was. I mean, it's sort of like what I expected. Like a lot of people, like really, just kind of saying, "Wow, I'm realizing that this is a really big problem." You know, just you know the you know ex- and, you know the explicit like racism and everything and so I mean I think it's good to hear but also a little tiring and frustrating um and I think also you know just knowing that like my community is like predominantly white too like just seeing how hard it is for people to talk about race and whiteness you know um and so that that part is hard for me because I'm like, well, I'm like, I I I'm not white, you know, I can't. Right. It's hard. It's hard for me to enter that conversation, um, but I'm also, you know, but I'm I'm just in this like middle place, so it's kind of it's hard and frustrating, and um, but I think I've I've been really 
heartened because our principal has been really supportive and engaged and was like, how can I help get the word out about this? You know, and she, you know, the day after the morning after our, our Zoom, you know, she reached out and was like, we need to continue this conversation. When can we talk again? Yeah. Um, so I think that was really great. But it's hard because like school ends on Thursday and it's like school ends, but like we're not going anywhere so we can still talk, have all these conversations, you know, but it's, 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 yeah, it's just a weird place to be in, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I should ask for some pro tips from you because I've been thinking about, <laughs> I actually talked with uh, our, you know, my kid's principal about doing a conversation as well. And I mean, I'm, I'm really struck because I have, what I've noticed in my community of you know, in terms of my physical community, not my like, quote unquote, peace, peace community, <laughs> right? My physical community is there has been a lot of silence around mm. this, you know, and I don't want to make assumptions about where people are at, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like people don't want to talk about race issues with me because they know, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is this is mom, don't, she shouldn't be that, you know, like, yeah. Don't get her started, right? <laughs> so you can't, you know, like you can't tell if they're like avoiding me or really like just not wanting to talk to me, talk right. with me about it. Right? And um, and so on the one hand, I'm like, look, I know it's uncomfortable, right? Um, but I am also really disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, in like just the silence, you know, yeah. and um. And I mean, I really do want to have a conversation with the other parents in the school, you know, but there's, there's, there's a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be, I, I mean, I feel like I have to, but it's just, how are people going to show up? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are some tips? So like, let's say we have some listeners out there. I want to get, I want to like have a conversation <laughs> with my parental peeps, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of no holds bar, you know, I was sort of <laughs> gotta get in there and dig it. Right. Dig yeah. It. Yeah. You know, I would, I went so far as to, like when we started the zoom, I just said, I said, you know, I just want there to be an understanding that we are all here because we recognize that there is racism in the world and we are committed to talking to our children about race, period. You know, That's and it's good. like, yeah, you know, because it's like, I don't want to have the conversation about, you know, well, why shouldn't you, should, shouldn't we just treat all people with kindness? I'm like, that's not the conversation. Right, yes. Right, you know, so just put it all out there. You know, we want to talk to our children about race because we believe there is racism in the world. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's sort of. So good. I don't, what do you do then? You know, you're in a Zoom, someone says that, you're like, oh, yeah, yep, that's why we're here, you know? Yeah, right? So, because it's like, you would look really bad if you disagreed with that. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. yeah. So, we, just we're, to, I, yeah, we're in a moment where no one look, wants to look bad either. So, right. right. So, so, but you know, I think just trying to like anticipate where those like those points are going to come up and just be like, nope, we're just going to agree. We live in a racist society, yep. you know, um, and I think just being direct about it, yeah. you know, it may, maybe it makes people uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. if you're in the room, like yeah. to have this conversation, we're not, it's not about, you know, 
do we are do we treat everybody equally with kindness? Like, no, yeah. the conversation is there's racism and we have to figure out how do we work against that, you know? Yeah. So I think That's good. Yeah. I need to write Be- that down. <laughs> That's so good. So what resources have been helpful yeah. for you for talking um, with other grown-ups? I have been recommending, um, there's a recent episode of Brene Brown's podcast. Um, and to be honest, like I've, I've never read anything by her. I've never listened to her podcast. I just know everybody quotes her all the time. (laughs) Um, but she had this interview with, um, Ibram X. Kendi, who like everybody is like interviewing right now, but I tried to, I tried to order his book, you know, yeah, they're all like, I, I was like, you know what? I can't find it anywhere, but I'm just going to try and order it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe yeah. I'm lucky and it'll come, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know the book is really hard to get your hands on. And, you know, I think, you know, the fact that it's an interview with like Brene Brown, who like people recognize her name is, and so I think, but their conversation is actually a really great conversation and just sort of like a, you know, the start of giving his, giving just sort of the overview of his book, which you, everyone should read his book. Um, It's amazing. But, you know, I think that, that podcast, it's like, you know, 50 minutes, but it's a really great conversation. And she asked some really good questions. So I've been kind of putting that out there as like, here, just listen to this. Maybe it's one person you've heard of and one person everyone's citing right now. Um, So that I think has been really helpful. That's her, that's her, uh, that's her podcast. Her podcast, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, I forget what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what it's called. I'm sorry, I um, interrupted you. It's been helpful in framing. Um, in like just giving like a really like concise-ish um explanation of like how um Kendi is like defining anti-racism, anti-racist work. Um so I think that helps set things in the right direction. So I think it's been good to share and people have you know, responded positively and said, Oh, I listened to it. It was so amazing. I learned so much. Okay, good. That's not the end. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I can't, I also can't wait to, um, he's got a children's book. I think that's I know. coming out too. Or, I know. or it's out or something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a board book. It's amazing. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <sighs> Yeah. So that's been, that's been really helpful. And I think when, you know, for like my littler one, you know, who's five, um, there's a children's author illustrator named Christian Robinson. Um, and he is just like amazing. Um, all of his, all of his books are amazing. Like last Mm -hmm. stop on market street, um, Mm -hmm. is a really, (laughs) that's my uh, go-to kids birthday present book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My I got called out on that by my seven-year-old. Why do you give this book to everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> say, because it's an amazing book. And if they don't have it, they should have it. And if they have it, they should have another copy to give mm-hmm. away to somebody else who doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually has been doing um, a series on 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 YouTube called Making Space um, during this whole quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it's just really like grounding I think for kids Mm -hmm. just to be able to talk about emotion he talks a lot about emotion Mm -hmm. um, which I think in this moment is really important Mm -hmm. you know like to see like an adult you know on YouTube like just saying like I have feelings too and sometimes they're not good and we can move through it and we can be reflective Um, 
So I think like the combination of like reading his books with my kid, with my little ones um, and like, you know, just watching at YouTube and just being able to see, um, you know, see different authors and illustrators, like see a a black artist like on screen, um, I think is really important. Um, Did you see I'm looking at his uh, Instagram right now? And Mm -hmm. um, on June 5th, he posted a thing about um, there was a he, I guess he was interviewed by the New York Times, um, and the piece is called Talking to Kids About Racism. <laughs> I'm super going to check that out. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's really, I, I just appreciate, like, his art is super cool, and right. um, just, like, his approach yeah. to things just feel really gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to check. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me in terms of talking to grownups, that's been a, that's been a really interesting um, past, you know, the past two weeks have been really interesting because I do a lot of my primary work is talking with grownups, you know, as a professional development person. Um, It's been interesting um, trying to hold space for folks to talk through these issues Um. And also just seeing how people are um, really trying to grapple with, um, you know, what's going on. Some resources that have been really helpful um, have been um, my good friend, Diana Victa, posted this originally, that it's been circulating and going around. Um, But this has been a really great resource. It's a Google Doc that was created by some wonderful grad students at Google Doc called Scaffolded Anti-Racist Resources, all right? And um, I, I just have to give credit because uh, three, uh, looks like, oh, sorry, three, two uh, master's candidates, one uh, one grad, one, actually, she looks like this person graduated already, um, Anna Stamborski, uh, Nikki Zimmerman and um, Biley Gregory, right? This document was created by these folks. And it's a wonderful Google Doc that overlays, right, white identity development, the helms for those of you who are interested in, you know, identity development theory, right? I'm like, that's my jam. So white identity development theory, my helms, right? So on the left side of this table is white identity development theory, right? And then in the middle is resources for each phase, right? Mm. And including, this is what's fantastic about it, activities, podcasts, videos, articles, books, you know, stuff like that for each phase, right? So you can kind of read through if you're a white person, right? You can kind of see where you're at, right? And then look at, you know, what phase you're at. And then the last column is, what to do next as you're moving mm. through the phase, right? Like mm-hmm. I am, you know, I find identity development theories absolutely fascinating. My one critique of identity development <laughs> theory is that folks don't develop identity like that. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's a lot of factors back and forth, but I just, this is the one moment where I feel like it's so helpful because yeah. if you're coming into this in the first, in this first time, there's nothing worse to where it's just like, you know, you're trying to find resources, but perhaps this person is working on their personal identity and you're like, you got to find a resource. You, you know, you're trying to figure out how to help them because right. they're at a particularly, you know, I like yeah. place in their, their self-consciousness. Right. So this has been a fantastic resource and um, I've been just sharing it very generously. Just, you know, I posted it on Facebook also just anything, you know, any of um, I've been noticing like a lot of my uh, white folks on Facebook have been liking it and comment, commenting it and then resharing it as well. So this has been an amazing source as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of embedded um, links, um, lots of resources so that folks can super dig in. So that's been really great. And then another resource I have to, you know, share this, uh, I'm, I'm not self-promoting, but I do want to mention this, right? Because what is has been really important to me during this time, and I know I've been talking to you a lot about this, Delia, is the work that our Asian American communities have to do to mm. continuously talk about anti-racist work and what that looks like, not only in terms of um, allyship and coalition work, right? Solidarity work, but also within our own communities, right? There's anti-racist work to do within our own communities. So I didn't see this out there. So I just, I I love putting, t- yeah, I don't know if you figured out, but I love putting together <laughs> lists. I'm a list person. So I put together a list of resources for AAPI solidarity work. It was a Google Doc. I just like stuck it on my page and then I got all these requests to um, share it. Right. And so I was like, of course, of course. Right. And then I gave everybody, I put um, uh, commenting access on it. And I said, if you mm-hmm. have any, you know, just suggest it and I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll link it. I'll put it on, you know, I'll try and organize it. The cool thing about it is um, I have a friend who asked if the Association of Asian American Studies could also support this and share it, you know, through their networks as well. And I said, oh, I got to reorganize it a little, make it make a little <laughs> clean it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you're, And then like someone's like, oh, can I co- I'm going to come over. And then you're like, OK. And you're like scrambling and trying to clean up everything, you know, in the house and shoving everything. <laughs> That's kind of what happened with this document. And then, and, and, um, you know, luckily, um, my friend was like, don't worry about it. You know what? I'll work on it and all that. I'll help you get it. And I said, thank you. That's what friends are for. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Um, and so this is a list of resources, readings, um, films, um, folks, anything that folks have been, um, suggesting there's a lot of great things. And at the bottom is a list of solidarity statements, um, since the murder of George Floyd. And so, um, it's a, two-pager, really great in terms of um, reading up on and thinking about resources for API solidarity work. Yeah, I think that's so important just to kind of start aggregating all of those things and putting them in one place and making it shareable because I think that's like what we don't need at this point is like everybody recreating the same list. So finding all those ways to share is so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. what else? Do you have any other resources you want to share? Oh, have you been talking to your family about this as well? Um, I haven't too much. I mean, I think part of it is like we sort of know that we 
feel the same way. Um, and just like this point in time is like so complicated. So I think um, I haven't really talked a lot explicitly with them, but what mm-hmm. about you? You know, um, I have to say ever since shelter in place started, I have developed a much closer relationship with my parents. Mm. Um, I have been worried about the health and safety of my parents for Mm -hmm. different reasons. Because my dad is, um, he's pretty old. He's in his eighties and he gets sick very easily. He's very, Mm. he's really fragile. Right. And, you know, just very concerned about him. And then my mom who is like, thinks she's invincible (laughs) <laughs> I love my mom. She is in many ways invincible, but not when it comes to COVID. I, I it mm-hmm. was just like I had to help her understand this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in you know the past couple of years, I've been there. I've been helping them manage their healthcare, you know, and so, um, so I know I know health wise what's been going on with them. And so ever since shelter in place started, I've been having I I've, I've been calling them every night. Initially, out of like care and fear right yeah right (laughs) but as a result you know what's happened is that I call my parents every night right and then Mm -hmm. I have a conversation with them and all that right and so it's really it's been great because we've been able to have some really great conversations because I when I call at night it's usually around nine o'clock uh pacific time my dad's usually watching news and he gets super like worked up when he watches news, you know, mm. my parents are very, you know, they're conservative, right? Um, they didn't vote for our current president, but they, you know, they're pretty conservative. Um, and so we've been having some really great conversations. So last night, right, my dad, again, you know, I called, I called a little later, it was like around 930 and he was still watching news, right? And then he he's kind of grumbling. I hear him grumbling and he's just like, they want to, in Oakland, they want to take away all the money from the police. I hear him grumbling in the background. I'm like, mm. what's going on, dad? Tell me, tell me more about that. You know, he's like, they want to defund the police, right? They want to make sure all the, all the, those schools don't have police anymore. And he, you know, in his like 80 year old mm. kind of like, I'm like, <laughs> like voice kind of way, right? Like, you know, and, I, and I'm like, oh, you don't you don't sound like you agree with that, dad. What's going on? You know, and that really opened the door for this uh-huh. really great conversation because my mom was also there as well. Like usually when I call, my mom like puts me on speakerphone. So it's really like a three way conversation, you know. Yeah. And then um, so then we had this really great conversation last night about defunding police and what that would mean. Right. And I've been reading all of this stuff thanks to a former student I worked with who she's, you know, now working over at um, uh, in the community. I just want to give a shout out to Catherine Wang, who uh, had posted all of this amazing stuff on the on the differences between defunding and abolishing police. Right. Mm -hmm. She posted all of this great stuff. I've been reading a lot of the stuff because I myself am not I'm educating myself around the differences between it. What's at stake in each of those? Right. You know, conversations. And so I recently felt like, okay, I have a, I have a understanding of what defunding might mean. You know, I have a grasp of that, of what that is. Right. And I had this wonderful conversation. With oh, my wow. Parents. And when I have, when I have these conversations with my parents, it's not like I'm trying to convince them. I'm just right. trying to help them think through their logic a little. Yeah. 
yeah. to make sure that whatever they decide on it is grounded in um in fact and not like bias right you know or, or things they heard from someone who said that, that the, you know, it's exactly yeah. discrimination or like hearsay right you know um or just really like assu- just assumptions Right. You know, missing information. So they're filling in, you know, the gaps. Right. Yeah. And at the end, you know, we're talking, you know, my dad's kind of listening. And then my mom's like, I agree with you. I think we should defund the police. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't trying to convince you, mom. I'm just trying to articulate. I was trying to articulate with you, like, what are those folks? I'm like, I personally feel like there needs to be greater police reform. Right. But, you know, um, but she was just like, no, I, I think that's right. There should be no police in schools. Those kids don't need police in schools, right? How does mm-hmm. that help them feel safe and, and and that they could be smart and do Like my mom, I was like, mom, <laughs> mom, look at you. She's all like, yeah, defund police. <laughs> right? Go mom. <laughs> but I think, you know, coming away from that conversation is more nuanced, right? And really, yeah. Those, that's really what um, my conversations with my family, you know, I, I, I'm striving for, like more nuance yeah. of why they think the way they think, the positions that they're going to take, you know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you opened like a conversation too. Like it wasn't like, I'm going to convince you of my point, but it was like, you know, here are some things and that your parents were able to approach it like listening. You know, I think, I think that's sometimes the hardest place where it's like no you know I'm trying to convince you and I'm and you're not listening actually but it sounds like it was really like yeah it really was like a dialogue well so. I mean truth be told though there are certain parts I was a little convincey because I was like hey that, <laughs> you know, they were kind of saying something I was like hey you know sounds like you're making assumptions about mm-hmm. black folks that's mm-hmm. a little anti-black I've been saying anti-blackness with them right so they're also kind of used to me saying that you know and and then I helped them understand why what they just said was anti-black, right? So I had to be a little convincing in certain points. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so resources you think that would be helpful for folks talking to family members? I mean, I think I've, I've been really just inspired just like seeing like on social media, just like how how many people are just trying to gather and like help, like even just sort of like translation, you know, translating words and like having those conversations. Um, I think those are some of the things that like, you know, happen now that couldn't happen um, previously. So I think that's one great thing that I've seen um, through this. Yeah. I think for me, the the thing that I've been sharing, I guess is also is for grownups as well, is that um, there's a, a image that I've been sharing. Um, the It's created by uh, Deepa Air. Um, I actually don't know where this is from, but I saw it and I thought it was just like amazing. But it's this, um, this diagram and the title of the diagram is My Role in a Social Change Ecosystem, right? And then the middle, the middle circle has the words equity, inclusion, liberation, justice, solidarity, resiliency, interdependency. And then outside are these arms, the other circles with words like healers, artists, storytellers, bridge builders, frontline responders, caregivers, disruptors, visionaries, builders, right? So I love this diagram because it opens up this discussion where I can say to folks, you know, you you don't have to be at the front lines, but what is your role 
in change. Now that you understand mm-hmm. that, like, this is not right. Right. Black people dying in this way is not right. So what is your role in changing, right, these systems? And the diagram really helps bring people in, helps them, you know, think about what their strengths, their contributions, you know, could be. So I find that that's really helpful. And it really, like, relieves some of the pressure in terms of right. like, particular, like, those expectations on on working towards change in a particular way. Yeah, I think that's so helpful because, it's, I mean, it feels like this is this giant thing. And so figuring out, you know, where, what are, what are my, you know, skills and talents and places that I can contribute to that. So maybe this is our small way of, of putting something into that too, but being resources and creators and storytellers in different ways. So yeah. this has been so good. Oh my gosh, I have, uh, I'm, I want to spend more time looking at the resources. I all, I already follow um, the conscious kid, but I want to, I haven't looked at the, uh, Instagram in, in a minute. And um, so I want to go in and look at all those resources. So thank you so much for sharing those with me, Delia. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I need to share your scaffolding um, piece with some people. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> now. Parents who show them better. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so for our listeners, all of the resources we talked about in this episode will be in the show notes. Um, so look for that. We hope these resources have been helpful for you. If you have resources that you want to share with us that you think that would be great for other parents, especially Asian American parents talking to their kids, their um, their friends, their community, their colleagues, we even talk about coworkers, all right? Um, and especially their family, their parents, mm-hmm. all right? Share that with us as well. Well, here we are, Delia. Another conversation, another Friday night. (laughs) As always, it's so good to talk with you. Um, I love our conversations. Um, Until next time. All right. Uh, I hope you all, I hope listeners, I hope you all take care of yourselves and be well. We will talk with you again soon. Take care. 